When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our Friday edition the tailgate. My name is Chris Plank, and we are loaded. We will go in-depth on the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State Bedlam Softball Series for the Big 12 title coming up later in the show. JT Gasso will join us as we recap the weekend against Iowa State and look ahead to this weekend, and we'll get some perspective from... I mean, one of the greatest Sooners of all time, Kalani Ricketts. But we'll start in Norman, where it is a huge weekend for baseball because the Oklahoma Sooners are welcoming in Texas Tech. The voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, joins us. And, T. Rowe, this has the makings of a huge matchup, and it's going to be a fun one, too. Yeah, uh, OU's won five of six, and uh, Texas Tech is on a nice little roll here as well. They stubbed their toe a little bit in the midweek. But the last two Big 12 weekends, they swept OSU and took two of three from Baylor, and those were at the time, still are, I guess, the top two teams in the Big 12. So it looks like Tadlock is kind of, you know, getting this team to play its best ball at the right time of year, and they have found this freshman kid in Micah Dallas, who they have now put on Fridays, who has been a real spark plug for them. Caleb Killian has been solid for him all year. He'll be the Saturday starter. And they could always mash. I mean, that's kind of the Texas Tech trademark, you know. Uh, Josh Young and Cam Warren and Klein and on and on and on. I mean, everybody that comes up scares you to death. So this will be fun. Uh, OU has played Tech well in Norman the last few years. 
So this is a big weekend. The Sooners are by no means out of anything in the Big 12 race and by no means guaranteed anything in the Big 12 race. Now, they helped themselves out last weekend. They're now three games clear of Kansas in ninth, so it's kind of hard to imagine that they could miss the Big 12 tournament. It's not undo. It's not mathematically impossible, but they are, uh, you know, just one game uh, back of West Virginia and Oklahoma State now, and uh, uh, potentially could find themselves in second place in the conference if they were to sweep this weekend. So um, it's all on the table for them. No more Cade Cavalli this weekend, though, for OU, or no Cade Cavalli yet again for OU this weekend. So they're going to have to get it done with the other guys. Man, I think it's going to be a fun weekend in the stands too. Uh, I think sure. it works out with the the almost double header on Saturday. You yeah. guys playing in the afternoon. We have the evening game. I think it's going to be and if it's if you have time, it's going to be a beautiful weather weekend. Watch these storms get out of here this afternoon. It's going to be a great weekend to be at the ballpark. Perfect. I think it's supposed to be 70 oh. to 75 Saturday and Sunday. Light wind both days it looks like. And you mentioned that Saturday you could do baseball at 2, softball at, is it 7 or 7? 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock on on Saturday night. And, um, no, this is going to be a great weekend. I really hope Sooner fans will show out big time uh, this weekend because we need some big crowds at the baseball stadium. I'm sure you guys are sold out over at softball Saturday night. Correct. uh, We need some big crowds. Uh, The Sooners have been on the road for a long time. They've been the bad guy for a long time, so uh, we need we need some great home crowds for these guys this weekend. Yeah, what's that road trip been like? Oh my gosh, when was the last time you played at home? Twenty seventeen. question. <laughs> Twenty seventeen. <laughs> Texas Southern on April 9th. so it's just shy of a month ago. That was a Tuesday night. Um. That's the last home game that they played. So we have a similar little run going here between you and I, don't we? I don't even yes. – I, I had to pull up the schedule. Let me see. When's the last time softball was even at home? Uh, let's see. The last home softball game was probably around that same area. Yeah, uh, April 7th was the last home softball game. We've played a spring game since then. <laughs> We've had an NFL draft since then. We've had Easter since then. Um, a lot of stuff has happened since we were home. So I think I remember which booth is mine, but we'll figure it out when we get to the park today. All right, let's continue our deep dive into the Sooners and the Red Raiders. T-Row caught up with Sooner assistant coach Clay Overcash to talk a little bit about the weekend that was in Manhattan and the weekend that is right in front of us against Texas Tech. How good is it going to be to be in front of the home crowd tonight? Uh, it's going to be great. Um, it's it's great to be back home and kind of back into uh, to our routine. You know, uh, of course, when you're on the road, you, ha- you you seem to have a lot less distractions and those type things. But it's always great to be home and and playing in front of uh, in front of your fans and uh, you know the kids are back in their normal routine with class and and uh, you know practice and and the stuff that we do beforehand to prepare. You've won five of six, and um, a, a lot of that is because of the bottom of your lineup, Clay. Um, I want to ask you about a few of these guys. Uh, Tanner Treadaway first, who has really come alive for you here the last couple of weeks. Uh, tell us about his progression. Uh, well, you know, Tanner uh, Tanner hurt his left shoulder early, and um, 
I think that he changed his swing to try to compensate for his left shoulder and kind of put him in some bad habits. And obviously, you know, with a shoulder injury like that, he struggled a little bit. Then he probably lost his confidence a little bit. And uh, to his credit, he kept working and grinding. And, um, you know, now he's kind of getting back to himself, gotten his swing lined out. And, uh, you know, he's just he's full of confidence. And a confident hitter is, is always dangerous. You talk about a guy whose season seemed to turn around on one swing of the bat. Um, you know, what Brady Harlan did in Minnesota with that three-run home run, I don't think he's been the same hitter since. What's clicked for him? I just think, again, you know, confidence is, a, confidence is the key to, uh, to, to hitting, and as long as you're confident, you know, you, you, the, the ball appears to be bigger coming in, and, and you don't feel like uh, – you don't feel like uh, it's, a, it's a BB anymore coming coming at you and things slow down. And, and you know, he's, he started to get himself started on time and just be just kind of, you know, let, let loose a little bit and have some fun with it. I know we're a few days removed, but I would love to know about the decision or the discussion in the dugout in the eighth inning on Sunday when you decided to send Mylon Walla to the plate and he delivered that big double for you, how did that unfold? Well, I just think it was the, you, you know, Brady, uh, actually Harlan had, had struggled a little bit with the, you know, Wicks, the left-hander. Um, that's a tough matchup. I mean, it was a tough matchup for even our right-hand hitters for, you know, uh, seven innings of the game. And, and, uh, he did a nice job changing speeds, elevating, moving in, moving out. And, um, you know, we decided to uh, skip. Decided to send Mylon up there, and and Mylon uh, did a great job. And to his credit, you know, he's uh, he's uh, continued to work and continued to listen, and and you know, started to uh, some things have started to come together for Mylon. And um, you know, it was, a, it was a great job on the pitch. It was down and in, and he just you know stayed on it and steered it fair by an inch or two. Yeah, that was a couple of guys who hadn't played all weekend who delivered for you late in that series decider on Sunday. Jordan Vujovic was the other one. That's a tough thing to do, isn't it, Cash, to not get an opportunity all weekend and then deliver when called upon? It's it's really difficult, but, but again, it's a credit to those guys staying focused and staying in the game and, and you know, be, being a teammate. Um, and, and that's, you know, unfortunately you can only play uh, nine guys and, and you know, the other guys have to be prepared for, for when they're called on, and those two guys obviously in those moments were, were prepared. I know you work with the hitters, but we have had a couple of questions this morning about uh, Cade Cavalli's status since he's not listed among the rotation again this weekend. Do we continue to be optimistic about him, or can you answer that? Oh, 100% optimistic. He's feeling great. He, he you know He's been playing catch this week through – through a uh, through a flat ground, um, threw off the mound. I mean, it, this is all precautionary. You know, there's there's nothing there's nothing major to the shoulder, or elbow, anything like that. It, it's it's a it's a stress reaction in the more in the forearm, which is basically like a shin splint. You know, and and uh, but it the, the elbow and shoulder are great, and we're doing this more precautionary and. You know, after an injury, um, or I shouldn't say an injury, a down, a miss of a start, a downtime, a rest, however we can, we can turn this, 
he uh you know we got skip's got a building back up and and obviously you know th- now the risk would be if we tried to do too much with him too fast and and skip's very um you know astute to that and and we're just going to bring him along slowly you got to face a tongue uh, a young tough right-hander tonight in Micah Dallas for Texas Tech uh, what does this guy have, and, and what's the approach against him tonight? Well, I think, you, you know, that we're going to see power arms all weekend from Texas Tech. Um, Micah, you know, is, uh, is you know, their Friday night guy. He'll be 89 to 95, and um, his slider will be anywhere from 83 to 87, and, and he does have a change up at 80, 82, and, you know, he's a three-pitch guy, and you just got to, just got to get in there and compete, and uh, I think that if we if we do that and and separate balls and strikes and and just really stay with a plan of of attack and in the zone, I, I think we can uh, we can do some damage. Big picture, Cash, and we'll get you out of here on this. You got nine games to go here in the regular season. RPI's in a pretty good shape there in the mid thirties. You're still within striking distance at the top of the conference. How do you feel about where you guys are right now? Oh, I, I mean, I think it's outstanding with this group that, that you know, to, to credit to them where we're at today. And, and you know, I, I'd, I'd like to say that, you know, the next three weeks are, are very important to us. But, you know, realistically, every game's important to us. And, you know, you play against the ball. And if we do a better job playing against the ball than the opponents and handling situations and timely hitting, We'll be in really good shape the next nine games. So here's what the schedule looks like for Sooner Baseball. First pitch on Friday night is at 6.30. The radio network with T-Row and Ross Hubbard. Friday night, 6 o'clock pregame show. Then on Saturday, it is a 2 o'clock first pitch before the Sunday series finale at 1 p.m. OU Tech. It is huge. Equally as monstrous. We're headed to Stillwater for two of the three games this weekend for Oklahoma Sooner softball, including tonight at 6 o'clock with the weather kind of maybe creating a few issues. It's Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Sooners looking to make it 11 straight in Bedlam. They have won 35 straight as a team. Caught up with hitting coach JT Gasso to get his perspective on everything. And I mean, obviously, JT, this team is just on some kind of a roll. And Friday and Sunday were unique because of the environment and the atmosphere and the the weather conditions. But man, this team really persevered, powered through, and just continued rolling. Yeah, um, you know what's crazy is, yeah, I've been here what, four years and two years as a GA. Um, I've never had good weather at Ames. <laughs> I've never been a part of good weather, so that's always just. I mean, I guess it's part of the scattering report now for just for us. But um, yeah, that was. You, you face some adversity with the with the weather after um, being in the the warm weather for so long, and then uh, you know you just have to flip the switch and, and compete. So yeah, we uh, thought all sides did a pretty good job, and that uh, that Iowa State team is is really good. Um, they they swing it well. Um, their their pitchers are doing some things. So um, I think their RPI right now is in the 50s. So I know they're a bubble team. And uh, they play like it. So they, they have a really tough schedule, and they, they go out and compete. And I thought we did, did well against that. You know, I, I don't know if we need to get into too 
in-depth of a breakdown of it at least this week. But when you mention Iowa State on the bubble and you look around this league, JT, there's probably right now four automatic, very highly seeded teams heading into the postseason. But, you know, with with the turnaround at a place like Iowa State and seeing, you know, kind of where they're scratching and clawing to get in, that says a lot about how this conference continues to improve, doesn't it? Yeah, and I know um... – I mean, usually we get four teams in because you think uh, Oklahoma State, us, Texas, and Baylor. Mm-hmm. And so you, you would imagine if, if Baylor didn't have the injuries that they had, um, you know, you'd have you, – you're looking at six of the of the seven teams wow. uh, making it the postseason, you know. So, um, so yeah, the, the conference right now, we're, we're riding a, a big high, and um, it's just going to continue to get better with the coaching changes that, uh, that we've had and um, – just the overall push toward to get us to, us as a conference to that next level. Before I talk about some individuals, I want to talk about a behind-the-scenes guy who I think doesn't get enough credit, and I think the position in general in Diamond Sports doesn't get enough credit, and that's the uh, strength and conditioning coach. And You seem to have a really good relationship with Sam Carter. Uh, he's, he's in his first year with the team. Uh, and obviously, you guys do. A, I mean, you guys go as in depth. JT is looking at film together and talk about different ways that maybe I don't know different body uh, parts that you can work on strengthening. How how nice has it been with Sam? And what have you seen kind of different in his approach this year? Well, um, I do have to say that I I think you're only bringing him up to make up for last week's mis- mispronunciation. What? <laughs> what? I called him Sam Martin on a podcast. My uncle's name is Sam Martin, and I called him Sam Martin like three times. Now he would have. I don't think anyone would have ever known if you didn't bring it up. But no, no, no. In all seriousness, he's done a fantastic job this year. No, for sure. He the the thing that sets Sam apart. Um, I know at least to me from from what I've seen is. His in-depth, uh, like he he wants to go as in-depth as possible to know, okay, what does this player need? How can we get him better? And it's not just a, uh, you know, just a general, you know, go out and stretch and go do this, and, and when you're done, we're, we're all going to do this. It's very detailed for every player. So um, kind of what you brought up is, you know, we'll sit down together and, and we'll talk about, hey, this girl looks like um, she's lacking some T-spine mobility from these past – couple weeks and this is what i'm seeing in our swings um this is something that we can work on going forward or hey this um her her hip rotation isn't looking like quite what it was or maybe it can improve a little bit here's some things that that we should look at uh going forward so i know he does a lot of stuff with coach rocha as well and um to be honest he's probably one of the best not probably he's the best that i've uh been a part of uh strength strength staff wise so it's it's been really fun and enjoyable to have him around and of course he's got the uh very cool british accent which is always kind of fun to hear every now and then now let's talk about some individuals i thought it was a huge weekend for Lindsay elam and you know you just every so the, the average hasn't been where you want it but the hits have been timely jt where did you see the biggest improvement from Lindsay this weekend i just think in her overall approach and that's just something that she has taken apart, like taken upon herself, and I really started to see that in Utah. Uh, that's when we saw the the, the switch flip. Um, like she, you know, she's getting the two strike count, and she knew that that pitcher was going to throw her in. She freaking crushed it that home run with two strikes, and to see how far she's come, 
just not only swing wise, but knowing the game and knowing game plans and 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 just her overall approach to her offense has just been amazing. So, um, so yeah, I don't. Although she did have a uh, a great weekend in, in Ames, I think it's been a long time coming, and I think she's just going to continue to get better. Speaking of getting better, uh, it everyone's going to have ups and downs, right? You're going to have. Uh, these times where you struggle and these times when you're on fire. Nicole Mendes had been in a bit of a funk. I think she she went hitless even though she was involved with you know some bunts and some hard-hit balls in Austin and had kind of struggled on Friday in game one against Iowa State. So you gave her the second game off. And then she came out and had a, a big day on, on Sunday. When you see someone respond like that, JT, it's got to really help improve your confidence in that player. Yeah, oh yeah. And she she knows and that's that's one thing that um a lot of the hitters they do a really good job of is they're very aware of what they need to work on. So kind of what we did for this past weekend uh was we had so Iowa State's cages that you know they have four cages and it was okay, this side is going to be front toss and full circle, the other side is going to be front toss for full circle. You have your uh tees on the outside and it's just we're at the point now to where it's like you can work on what you're going to work on. And, you know, you some people are just – they just need swings. Some people need to do this. And when you watch her BP, she's intently working on maybe some holes that she's had or some things that she needs to improve on. So it was, it was really cool to see her um, take that over on this weekend. Friday, yeah. watching her. Sat, she was working hard. And uh, – Sunday, she was you. You could see her the prep and, and just the the will to get it right and do do it do it right. So I think she's gonna um, around this time last year as well. It was kind of the same thing, and I think she's going to to just go uh, just trend upwards from here. I and, and I don't think anyone really gets this, but JT she is an incredible athlete, three time winner of the triathlon. Uh, I guess what what the five tool kind of a player she can do and a very Pinley esque I think I'm talking to Cole Pinley here to where when she steps up to the plate she can hit for power she can lay down a bunt she can slap it and she's got speed too she's a really good weapon. Yeah, I mean just everything you said she uh, and, and she works on it all too. So um, I know just coming in from uh, from high school. She, that's the type of player she was, and she just continues to try and build on that. Sometimes all it takes is a little bit of a breather kind of to reset yourself. But, oh, my goodness, uh, Jocelyn Allo, these past now, uh, what, nine games, JT, or seven games, excuse me, uh, the the power has been there. But, again, I've all season long she's been hitting well for average. Just another level, it seems like, the last couple of games for her. Yeah, and it's just kind of like exactly what you said. She needed that reset, and uh, just her approach and her look at the plate has completely changed. And she's getting more comfortable, and it's it's good for us. And I think it's scary for for her opponents, but um, but yeah, it's it's exciting to see her kind of flip the switch as well. All right, JT, two more quick ones, and I'll let you run. I know you got to get to uh, practice today, even though I guess what kind of up in the air with the weather right yeah. now. So uh, we'll uh, uh, two more quick ones. To see Kylie Lundberg do what she's done as a pinch hitter, the the big hit at Texas, I think she had a good hit, uh, maybe it was on against Wichita, but it, it's got to be tough to be in that pinch hitter role, just to, to wait for your opportunity, wait for your time, but boy, Kylie's really excelled when given those opportunities. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it's just about matchups, 
she owns her match. She knows what her what her matchup is. She knows what her strengths are, and she just goes for it. And there's no um, second guessing. There's no she's she's ready. She swings. She's I, we watch her in practice, and she uh, she takes those type of hacks all the time. So um, she's been doing it her whole career. Her starting her sophomore year, even last year, and um, this this year is really kind of fun to see her own that that role and just it's made the other people in that same role the younger people in that role um kind of really enjoy taking part of that what about audra lavallee's drive i mean (laughs) she had a couple of swings to where when you saw him you thought "Uh, oh no she may be in trouble here and then she just rocks one out of the park is that i mean have you seen that from her is that something that maybe uh we'll see more of is this uh is this a potential power hitter for us in the future? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, in high school, um, she she could really put the ball out. And when you put it in that spot, you know, her spot, she'll she'll put it out. So um, I, I think just for her, the adjustment's just been the pitching and understanding how different, you know, at this level people move the ball more, they throw it a little bit harder, they spin the ball more, so – um, just to see her do that, it was it was fun. She had a smile as soon as she made contact. You watch the video, just ear to ear grin, and uh, just to be excited about that. So yeah, it's been fun to watch her um, just grow as a hitter. Yeah, hey, and, and then a final thought. It, I, obviously, you live it. You you, you focus on your, your outfielders and your hitters, but you're there for the for the whole team for the full team. Man, it really seems like this squad is having a lot of fun right now. I know it helps when you win 35 straight games, but JT, that dugout really seems to be a positive, uh, enjoyable, and obviously enthusiastic place right now. Yeah, and it's it's fun because everyone has taken stake in, into what they're kind of working on. So, uh, like, for example, Audrey hits a home run. The whole dugout's going nuts because <laughs> they all know what's going on with each other. They're all real close. Um, and, in, you know, on the opposite end, when somebody's struggling, um, they're not going to be, oh, oh, how could, you know, it's, right. it is a very positive um, attitude. And in, in what's so just kind of behind the scenes, this, this is funny. When somebody does something that's kind of out of character, like if they make a really bad swing or they hit, hit a ball that gets, that hits, or they hit a ball hard that gets caught. Uh, they'll kind of joke about it with the person who's coming in and just to kind of keep them out of that negative mindset of, Oh, how could I do that? Or but it kind of lightens the mood a little bit, and it's actually kind of funny because when you do that, you want to be mad, but then everyone's kind of joking about it. You can't be mad about it. So, um, but yeah, it's they're they're really close, and everyone's taking a stake in the kind of what everyone's doing. So it's been, it's been fun. So again, that is six o'clock tonight, seven o'clock on Saturday night for the final home game for these six seniors, and then a rather rare start time on Sunday with a 3 p.m., that's right, a 3 o'clock first pitch on Sunday in Stillwater. But let's wrap up the podcast today hearing from Kehlani Ricketts, who is back on campus. Kehlani is serving as the volunteer assistant coach. He's one of the greatest pitchers in Sooner softball history. Not a bad hitter as well, too. But Kehlani, I'm curious, what's it been like being back on campus? It's been really weird, honestly. I think the first week I was here... The the, th- the one word that I could describe how Norman's gotten is taller. <laughs> I'm just like, everything taller. just seems taller. The dorms, my dorms, that the Jeff house isn't there anymore. We have these tall dorms now. It looks like Hogwarts. 
Got the switcher. That's gotten taller. Everything's just taller now. You got a pizza place on Campus Corner that's really tall. I see what you're what? saying here. Yeah, exactly. What's it? Valer? Is that what it's called? I don't even know what? what that is. There's so many more restaurants now. but Is that even still? That's still open, right? Dude, that place is good. You got to really? try it out. Yeah. That's okay. what Coach Rocha said when we were talking about is her move back to Is it Build Your Pizza? Because I'm about that. It's not Build Your... Is they it need build? one of those. If anyone's listening that wants to make a business of pizza, make Pyology or Blaze Pizza in Norman. Pyology, really? Is it good? Yeah, it's really good. I'm a big hot pizza. It's you can't go wrong. I'm a big hideaway guy though. Yeah, can't go wrong there. I like their ranch. Oh, it's been a while since I've been there. Fried mushrooms, yes or no? Oh, yeah. See? Okay, Look. All right, now we need fried mushrooms. Yeah. hideaway pizza for breakfast. <laughs> how, <sounds great. laughs> how impressed have you been with G's development throughout this year? Transferring in in January, bit of a tough start, but just how you've seen her progress. It's been really cool to see her progress. It's It's been cool to see kind of like this has been somewhat of her fall but then it's like oh shoot this is also season you so. scared me for a second there when you said shoot i was like wait a minute we are not on satellite <laughs> oh, no <laughs> <shoot>. <laughs> but in other words this is almost like the start of her training with yeah. oklahoma too and it, she's pitched 17 18 19 games yeah and she's definitely done great with it i think so it's been cool to see just the little challenges she's been able to go through in the season and being able to respond and being able to kind of like overcome those things so quickly. It's been cool to see. You've been part of some wild OU Texas matchups before. So how cool was that this weekend to see this team go down and sweep like they did? It was very cool. You know, even though they won all three games, I think the coaches said it best that they got better from this weekend. And, you know, it was all three games were really intense, and you can never count Texas out, especially if they're a top-10 team. So it was it definitely gave me a little bit of adrenaline in the dugout. I wish I could have <laughs> gone out and pitched with them, but, you know, it was cool to be able to be a part of that as a coach. Okay, so what's your schedule like now? When, when you get done, when we get done with the season, mm-hmm. do you get right into Olympic training? You're going to play some, some pro ball with the Pride? What's your, what's your plans? So when we get done – I think I'll – I'm going to be mostly with USA this summer. So that starts around June 10th. And then – You said USA. Yes. Team, okay. Yeah, Team USA. So I'll be with USA June, July. And then August is the Pan American game. So that's our biggest event this summer. And I guess it just, just depends if I'm an alternate or not. There's about 18 of us on the team right now. And then three of us will be named alternates. And so if I'm named one or not, I'll if I'm if I am an alternate, I'll go with Pride for August and if not, then I'll just continue with them in the Pan Am games. And then I think the actual Olympic tryout is either September or October. Are you done with Japan or is there still a chance uh, to yeah, go back? Um I don't know, but I'm done with Japan. They just started their season, so it's kind of weird because I've been over there since I graduated in OU in 13. I went over in the fall. So this is weird having a spring back at, at OU. I think that was one of my favorite moments this year was when we saw Team Japan. And oh, everybody yeah. and everybody knew you. They all <laughs> knew you. So what's it like playing professionally in Japan? I mean, is it just as, as crazy as it seems? And why, why are you done going over there? Um, well, just for a lot of reasons. Uh, you did get married. <laughs> yeah, I did get married. And so I got married the in December 17. So it's kind of weird going back and, you know, 
I was married and I'm like, oh, this is kind of weird having my first year of marriage and I'm overseas right now. So, you know, that ha- that played a role in it. And then just staying healthy before 2020, wanting to train, wanting to be able to stay home. And so I decided I just didn't want to go back this year. It's just time for me. What's it, what's it like over there? Um, Softball-wise yeah, or sure. culture-wise? Everything. I've Everything. never been to Japan. Well, everyone thinks it's always sushi. Everyone's like, do you eat sushi all the time? And I never went to sushi restaurant there. No, I mean, I did my first year because I'm like, oh, I'm in Japan. I go to sushi all the time. But then, like, towards the end, I I stopped going to sushi restaurants. But uh, they have really good food. And their McDonald's is awesome, actually, (laughs) for all you McDonald's lovers. Chase, I know you're listening. Their chicken nuggets actually taste like chicken. <laughs> wow, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, that I mean, were they, the they do have American restaurants. They have KFC, Pizza Hut, Domino's, but their Japanese restaurants, Japanese food's just as good. And the, the softball there, they're they're crazy for it, aren't they? Yeah, it's really cool to see how much they support softball. You know, it's obviously baseball is huge over in Japan, so it's cool to see softball just as popular. And especially when they announced that softball is going to be back in the Olympics, it was going to be for 2020 Olympics. It was cool to see how much support that the country gave towards the sport. Okay, a, a final thought, then I'll let you get back to – are you on mulligan duty I'm with Coach Rocha? I'm on raffle ticket Oh, duty. raffle ticket duty. Yeah, okay. and I've kind of messed up a bit. I almost <laughs> gave a guy 40 tickets when he only needed 16, so <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, buddy. Now, if you win that, give me a call. Yeah. Uh, this, this talk of a staff, and I don't should say talk, but the development of it across college softball. You know, you, you, you had Michelle – but you would pitch a majority of the innings. Mm-hmm. Paige Parker had Paige Lowry, but she would pitch a majority of the innings. Are we truly seeing kind of an adjustment in the mindset? And as a pitcher, would you have liked that to have had a staff and have a little bit more rest? Um, <laughs> it's hard to say because I, like, I think as a pitcher, you know, you're always kind of wanting the ball every game and wanting to like go out there and right. pitch. But then also, it's really cool to see how the staff is and how they're able to counter each other and and help each other that way. So I, I would definitely say that. The hitting game in college has gotten a lot better. It seems like hitters for all teams and and throughout one through nine have definitely got a lot stronger. So it seems like you're almost needing more of a staff, and especially with with the video and the technology that's advanced so much since I've been in college. I think we're ready. Big weekend of Diamond Sports. Three against Tech for baseball. Three against the Cowgirls for softball. The postseason right around the corner. The Big 12 tournament is next weekend for Sooner Softball. And we are ready for the home stretch. Thank you so much for downloading, subscribing, and listening to the Sooner Sports Podcast. As always, you can find every single possible podcast platform at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And if you subscribe through iTunes, simply look for the all right, simply search Sooner Sports Podcast or Oklahoma Sooners, and it is the icon that says powered by Learfield IMG College. That's what we are. We thank our sponsors as well, too, the Riverwind Resort and Allstate. Until Tuesday's game plan, have a great week. Enjoy some Diamond Sports and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.